Welcome to the Business Intuition Podcast, the place where you can learn to trust your intuition to make business decisions without having to meditate for hours, wear crystals, or give up on coffee or wine. You don't have to leave your IQ at the door. Embrace intuitive intelligence to create a business that lights you up and finally experience the success that you deserve. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Intuitive Revolution in Business. Uh, this is Ange de Lumière, your business mentor and spiritual lawyer. Today, we are reviewing a book, as we do every four weeks, and the book I'm going to review today is The Bullet Journal Method by Ryder Carroll. Now, I discovered The Bullet uh, Journal Method in 2017 through a very, very short video clip uh, that I saw on Facebook. Um, I'm going to share a link to that video. I've kept it all along because it literally lit up a bulb in my head and helped me to finally take notes that were useful for me. And I want to mention here that I've been using this method to do my, my notes, to prepare my episodes. And it's, it's helped me uh, create episodes that are really fluid because I'm not reading from a script. I couldn't do that. Um, but at the same time, I'm not missing on anything important. And it leaves a lot of room to add anything that comes to mind as I go through my notes. So if you are thinking of doing a podcast, if you're thinking of public speaking, uh, but I mean, also generally, if you want to take notes that you can go back to, they're going to be exciting and we're going to th see things standing out rather than just um, tons of pages of longhand writing, which is what I used to do. Um, then the bullet journal method is for you. Uh, I, I want to also say that I used to love taking notes and at university, I was so good at doing it that a lot of people asked me for my notes because I was able to write really fast and very, um, um, how do you say, notes that were reflected a lot what the lecture was about uh, as closely as possible because I could write so fast. Um, but I, I'm glad that I don't do things this way anymore. Uh, it's not so good for other people, but it's it's much better for me because it it's more exciting to go back over notes when you have little drawings and little diagrams and big words that stand out, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm talking about the product and I haven't told you about the process. So let's, let's get into the process. First, I want to um, give you a quote that I found in the, at the start of the book. And it says, life has gotten too busy. It seemed as if my existence, um, had become just one long to-do list. I had forgotten about my dream, my goals, my what-ifs, my what-if I couldn't, um, etc. So that's Amy Haynes. I don't know her. I haven't researched if she's someone well-known. Um, I don't know much about celebrities anyway. It doesn't matter to me, but it's important to, to note here. And I used to do tons of, of to-do lists and to-do lists have this ability to be never-ending. Uh, 
It's like if you cross something out for to-do list, probably another item will slide in or even two or three. So there is no end really to the to-do list. So bullet journaling can help you to structure all that and prioritize. And we all know that prioritizing our time is probably the most important thing to do in order to achieve our dreams, our goals and everything else. So the bullet journal helps us instead of reacting, and I would say a typical to-do list is a reaction. We just note down, oh, I have to do this, I have to do this, I have to do that, and then we just go through the list with, without this stepping back, analyzing, and critical thinking. So bullet journaling helps us to respond. Now, I want to say a couple of words about the author, even though I don't know a lot about him. But what I do know is that apparently he has a GHD, and he's created this method to cater for his very specific needs. And I find that really interesting. So if there's any listener out there who are neurodivergent, um, who have neurodivergent children maybe, please take note of this, look into this, because this could literally change your life or your children's lives, okay? Basically what the method does, it helps you to drill down what you need to do right now and move the needle. Um, the fact that it's done in handwriting uh, adds a dimension that doing in a computer would never have. Um, and uh, Ryder defines his method as the analog system for the digital age. Now, why it's important to have this journal, and I I'm, I'm, I'm not going to go into the actual journaling process, which is super important, uh, for us entrepreneurs and generally for anyone who wants to reflect rather than react is that um, when you have your bullet journal with you, it's just you, the notebook and the pen, and it allows you to unplug, to process, think and focus, right? And focus inwards as well, because we live in a distraction society. And I've, I've mentioned this before on the podcast, which means that we can constantly be following someone else's agenda if we're not careful. So our solution is to take that little time to reflect, whether it's at the beginning or the end of the day, or maybe both, and write down, maybe just start even with a, 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 a mind dump. You know, mind dumps are so important because we have so many tabs running in our, in our heads. And I suppose as a busy mum of four kids, and I, I, I don't like using the word busy, actually, I'm gonna cancel that but um, potentially someone who could be extremely busy, I find it important to slow down and reflect and prioritize and be more intentional about life. I think bullet journaling can help you to do that. Um, I think it's a method that can help you accomplish more by working less, uh, by decluttering your life, your minds, your relationships, everything. And that's, that's beautiful. Um, it's definitely a great tool to deal with the information overload that we can we can be subjected to, okay? And it weaves in productivity, mindfulness, and intentionality. Sorry, I can't even pronounce this word. So um, overall, I find it very positive, but let's go more into the details of the method now. So Ryder invites us to start with why. And uh, it's, it's about living intentionally. So 
what what are my priorities i want to be joyful i want to have fun i want to leave a legacy i want to be there for my children in a way that i couldn't be when i um when i had a job i want to have a lovely home i want to eat lovely food i want to write inspirational books work with amazing clients provide for my future go on lovely holidays and of course, find a lovely partner. So that's all the things that I know I want to create in my life. And that's all of the things that I could actually create an entry for in my journal and, um, and start unpacking onto, you know, what steps do I need to take for all of this to happen in my life? Um, so journaling in general any kind of journaling is about checking in what feels right what doesn't and but when you keep a bullet journal the difference is it's almost like an, a living up autobiography so um it will have separate little entries it will be uh, evolving and and it's a great and lovely way to go back over. Oh no, if you want to, I want to know what have I done the last month, then I can just sift through it and pick out whatever elements I want to. Um, I've actually started, thanks to reading this book again, uh, a bullet journal myself, which I had stopped doing probably about a year ago when I started doing longhand journaling again. And um, it was exciting to be able to create all these little tables and create all these little different uh, collections. And I'll explain to you uh, what are the collections that Ryder uh, suggests that you can use and how to use them. It's gonna be a little bit tricky because um, there's an, a visual element to all these tables and elements, but I'm gonna do my best to try and um, describe it to you. Of course, these, these book reviews are ready to encourage you to go and buy the book, to give you a taste for what it is and, and why you need it. Um, and encourage you to read because I, I read recently, I think it was from um, uh, Russell Brunson, oh gosh, I'm so bad with names. Um, oh, here he is on my, on my bookshelf, Russell Brunson. And he's this is incredibly successful entrepreneur. Uh, and he said that reading books has been completely instrumental in his success. And I would say the same. But the caveat is reading books whilst taking notes and then taking action from whatever you learn. Because if you just read for the sake of reading, you won't retain a lot of it. If you take notes whilst you read, you're likely to retain, I think it's 80% more. Um, and then, of course, if you implement, then your level of success will, will explode. So you could start with a mind dump where you have three categories or three columns. On the column A, you could write the things you're working on. Column B, you could write things I should be working on. And com column C is things I want to be working on. And then once you've done these three lists, just kind of observe wh which is where and why. And ask two questions. Does that matter to me or to someone else? And is it vital? And the idea is to be ruthless about what you focus on because we only have the same number of hours, but there's some people who achieve a lot more than others. And that's because they prioritize what they want to be focusing on, okay? Everything on your list has to fight for its life to be there. <laughs> that's what um, Ryder says in his book. 
And if it's a no, you want to look at, you know, what would happen if you didn't get done ever? What are the consequences? And if the consequences are not important, then it's a distraction and it needs to be binned. Okay. Now, he uh, highlights the fact, and I know this to be true from personal experience, that your concentration is likely to suffer just by you having your smartphone in your room, even if it's silent or powered off. Um, now, I'm not one to this, um, you know, smartphones because they have literally changed my life. I'm not one to this social media because social media has actually given me the social fabric that I needed to survive as a, as a human being, um, mostly because, um, and I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before, mostly be because I, I, I didn't fit. I've never fit anywhere in my social um, surroundings. I didn't fit back in Paris in the... Um, social circles I was in. I never felt that I fit when I came into this village where I live now. Um, <laughs> people wouldn't even talk to me because they didn't know if I spoke English or not. You know, it was kind of this weird thing. So, um, so I, as I said, I'm not dissing either of smartphones or social media. I think they have their place, but it's more for us to know how to use them it's just like it's just like with a knife right you could say uh, you could focus on the fact that people cut their fingers with knives and some people have been attacked with knives and say knives are really bad da -di -da -di -da. or you could say well you know i cook every day for myself with a knife and uh, i've been able to maybe carve some beautiful pieces of wood uh, into mini sculptures with a knife so then the knife becomes this wonderful tool it's just a tool smartphones and social media are tools but I think with the social media and the smartphone aspect of things, you can really be sucked into this vortex of time that you waste because you're not intentional. So what you really want is to be ruthless and really um, have some very, very strict boundaries. Now, this made me realize that actually I'm not wasting much time at all in my life. And I will say... This has been a gradual process that started when I became a mum uh, of first one child and then another and then another and then another. So when I reached the number four, my life was completely different from when I was before children. And, and this process had to be applied most strictly so that I could keep my sanity. So there's a, there's a lot of things that dropped, like doing ironing. <laughs> I just never do it anymore. So I choose my clothes in accordance to that. Um, and I suppose the day my, my kids are all grown up and leave the house, I might decide to restructure my life differently and bring in some activities that I'm not able to do at the moment. Right, so to do bullet journaling, you need yourself, you need a quiet space, you need a um, check of time, a notebook and a pen. And it will force you to go offline, which is a really, really good thing. Now, there's a Chinese proverb that I want to, um, to slide in here that was in the book, which says the palest ink is better than the best memory. So our memories fail us, um, and, and there's a reason for this. It's that all our memories are actually filtered through our beliefs, but also it stems into how the brain works, so or the mind works. 
Um, we have a center in our brain uh, that's governed by the amygdala that um, processes memories. And it processes memories, um, I think, through an emotional filter, but I can't say exactly for sure. But the amygdala is, near, is the fear center, and it processes memory to make sense of them. So I'll give you an example. Um, I used to never really like spiders, uh, but then something happened with my brother and his friend when they were in their teens and they loved to play pranks on me. My, my brother had actually a friend who was a particularly bad influence on him and who said, oh, wouldn't it be funny to put a huge spider in a mox, sorry, a matchbox uh, because at the time I smoked and just give it to Ange and see what, how she reacts. Wouldn't that be hilarious? And the result of this was that because my brother actually had a spider that looks exactly the same as the one that they put in the matchbox, at first I thought, aha ha, very funny, it's a plastic um, spider, but when it moved its leg, then I went in complete panic. So I went from not liking spiders to having a fear of spiders. And there's a reason why I have a fear of spiders actually. Uh, and then it turned into a proper phobia. And I've managed after training in, in, in clinical hypnotherapies to de-escalate it to just a, a dislike. But um, one of the reasons why I do have a fear of spider, and I, I think it probably happened before my, my brother played that prank. I'm not entirely sure though, because timelines kind of blur in my, in my, in my life. Uh, is that I've I was once bitten by a spider and had a, an allergic reaction to it, which was really, really bad. And I had to be taken to the doctors with it. So I have this allergy to uh, insect bites generally that makes me a bit more nervous than the average person around, around insects. So just this thing escalated it. So my, my amygdala, and I think it's the hippocampus, but it could be the hippocampus. Yeah, it's the hippocampus that organizes memories. So it would have taken um, a mere dislike and built all the memories around it until it made it as something super dangerous for me, super scary. It's a phobia, but that's to keep me safe. And that's why it's the amygdala, the fear center that governs these memories and organizes them that way to make sense of it. And that, in, in effect, it's trying to keep me alive. So this is why, going back to this, um, this quote, the palest ink is better than the best memory, our memories are not, are re not the reality. They might have some element of, of uh, fact in, in it, but a lot of it is interpreted through our filters. And, and all the collection of memories and um, beliefs that we, we gather as, as we grow up. So our memory is, is not reliable. And it's, it, that's why it's important to keep an accurate record of how things actually happened. And, and the reason we do that as well is to avoid repeating mistakes. So some people would argue, but why can't I do that with my computer? And, and the thing is, the, the movement that you do when you're writing by hand is a complex uh, tactile process that stimulates our mind in a very different way than, than typing does. So I'm gonna to talk you, to you about the key concepts that um, bullet journaling offers. 
first at the start of the notebook, you have what's called an index that enables you to um, write down everything that, that you've noted in your diary. And that's something that's so simple. I'm surprised I never thought of it. But I, I now found I don't always have time to go back on my notebooks to do that. Um, but when I do, I'm really grateful that I've done. And now I actually have a shortcut because bullet journaling has become such an, a, a global phenomenon. You can now actually buy, you know, lined notebooks with numbered pages. So you don't even have to worry about that. And mine actually had at, has at the start this index. Um, so I don't even have to do that either. There's the concept of the future log, the monthly log, the daily log, the rapid log logging, and then collections. And we're going to go through all of this a little bit in detail. And I don't want this episode to be too long, so I'm not going to give you everything that's in the book. It's a very rich book. I believe that you should buy it and you should go through it and you should start your own bullet journaling for your own um, benefit. So the daily log is very easy. You write down in the order that things happen, uh, what you've done in the day. And it's very important to distinguish that from a, a, a classical diary, because in the diary, you usually put the things that you intend to do, but then life happens and you rarely go back to put what exactly happened. So the daily log is like, if I was starting the daily log for today, I'd write down you know, that I recorded this podcast at six o'clock in the morning, I would then um, probably um, record the fact that I'm taking my son to school with his suitcases because he's going to camp. And then after that, I would log in when I got in the train to go to London because I'm going to London for a couple of days, which is why I had to do this podcast episode before going and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. For the monthly log, what you do is you want to have two pages facing each other. Right. And on the left-hand side, you write the calendar page where you number let, um, lines from 1 to 30 or 29 to 31, depending on the month that you're writing about. And on the right-hand side, you have a task page. In the task page, you do like a brain dump. You check previous months as well to see that you have some uh, tasks left over. That's for people who've done this before. So, and in the future log, you do anything that doesn't fit in that month. So if you come across, a, like, supposed, um, I know I'm going to run my tarot for business challenge in September, I would put it in the future log so that I remember what's coming up um, in August, September, etc., etc. Future logs are the, are the start of the journal. Now, I've never done it that way yet, but I'm working my way through getting more organized. Now, threading is something really interesting. So, um, you know, because you're taking notes as you go, you could start on something. That's typical for me. It happens all the time. And then something else crops up. Maybe I've started uh, putting in my journal about my business, and then I have a specific training that happens at that on that day at 6 p.m., I'm going to start another topic altogether. Uh, what I can do at the end of the notes for my business, after I've taken the notes of my training, is to, to point next to the number for the page on the right or left-hand side, depending if I have enough room, I will put a little arrow and the number of the page where I've continued the notes from that previous thing. This is so, so helpful. 
And of course, at the start of the notes, if you have um, a, a section in between your new notes and some old notes, you will put where uh, the previous notes have stopped. And you can do that between actually two different uh, notebooks. Ryder encourages us to write letters to ourselves on the regular basis. Um, and also to write different versions of our lives, to have an idea of which one we would like most, especially if we're at a crossroad and we have to decide between two options, okay? And he puts it actually in a really, and, and, and I know this is a practice that mindfulness encourages people to do as well. And I think that's something that Steve Jobs did on a regular basis is to write your own obituary. So if you are at a crossroad between two options, one that would require you to continue your comfortable life without taking risk and one where you would take risk, then if you write your obituary looking back, that will give you an idea of which one is going to be the most satisfying and it can actually help you to take more risks in your life. I'm quite a risk taker myself, but uh, I need to say to be completely transparent that when I have a really big decision to make, when I know I'm taking a big risk, I usually um, hire psychics to help me have that little bit more comfort that I'm making the right decision. But I've never thought about doing an obituary about it. I might do that next time. So bullet journaling is also really good for goals. It, has, it gives you an opportunity to define what you want. Um, and also to identify, you know, sometimes we set goals in, in as a reaction to something that's happened to us. And that's not always the best way to set a goal. Uh, it's much better to set goals with the reflection aspect of it. So you want to have a goals collection in your book. And when I say collection, collection is, is a few pages that are structured in a certain way. You'll find out all about it when you read the book, um, you know, what, how exactly he defines collections. Now, one of the things that I found quite novel, because, you know, when you do goals, and I used to resisting goals because they scared me, and I always set goals that were far too ambitious. And then, of course, I wouldn't meet them. And, of course, because I'm a perfectionist, and I actually have imposter syndrome, a combination that is quite deadly, then I would beat myself up about not meeting goals that weren't realistic to start with. So what he's uh, suggesting is to do the 54321 uh, goal setting method. And what you do is you have those two pages, you know, facing each other. On the left hand side, you're going to set some personal goals. On the right hand side, you're going to set some professional goals uh, or business goals. And the 54321 is you want to divide the page into five sections so uh vertically and you're going to have some goals for five years four months three weeks two days and one hour so you start populating them and then you need to prioritize only one of these goals per box so you would have a priority for only one priority for five years only one priority for four months only one priority for the next three weeks only one priority for the next two days only one priority for the next hour. Of course, when I say that is one personal and one professional. So immediately when I was talking to you about this, I can see that my top priority for the next four months is to get on as many podcasts and get as many articles as I can to expand my reach and get more PR. 
uh, I know for the four months personal goal, I want to get fit and I want to continue with my running and continue with my healthy eating. Once you've done that, you need to plan your day. And this is, of course, more important for entrepreneurs because we can do exactly what we want. But that means that sometimes we don't do what we should be doing. So once you have all your goals listed with the 54321 method, what you want is to take one goal at a time and then to slice it into maybe four to five different steps. And then each of these steps, you're going to slice again into three to four steps to have individual tasks. And once these tasks are individualized, you want to schedule them in your diary almost right away. Okay. So one of my goals at the moment, and that would be the goals within the next three weeks, is to master Kartra. Kartra is a, a teachable platform where I'm going to host my signature program, Tarot for Business. And I need to understand how to create landing pages, how to create, how to actually host my program in there. And that's, so that's my top priority for the next three weeks. So you see, I have one for four months. I have one for three weeks. I, I'm, I'm not going to tell you about the five-year one because I want to eat this out. And I'm, my train journey to London will be perfect for me to get more into depth, to do a little bit of planning. Um, very important tip that I could have kissed the, the author for. Only set new goals after you have achieved the ones on your chart. Um, because it's a little bit like a to-do list. You can, you can write more and more and more. Right, at that point, I just want to mention the tracker. Because the tracker, there's, there's more in the book, but um, this is a summary. This is not a complete, you know, a reader digest of the book. And trackers have been instrumental for me to start new habits. And we've talked about it in a couple of books back. Uh, in the one thing and also so if you look four weeks back and then four weeks again with um, Gretchen Rubens better than before when you start new habits tracking them is super important so trackers are um, again you take a, a double page um, in your diary at the top you have a theme so it could be your health your fitness uh, you're decluttering your house, whatever it is. And then on the left-hand side, you write a series of tasks that you need to do on a regular basis to achieve your goals. So the goal is at the top. On the left, there's all the tasks, if they're repetitive. And then you want to number, you make as many columns as days and you number from the day you've started. So today is the 11th of July. I would put 11 in the first column and then I would probably do 20 columns. That's how much you can fit on the page. Every day... When you do one of the tasks on the left-hand side, you color one little square, the square that corresponds to where the tasks meets the day. And it's actually quite surprisingly motivating to color these little squares because you start seeing a pattern and you can also, it's a way to really track what are you actually doing because your memory will fail you. Um, and I've added an element, an element to this because being an artist, I like to put color into things. So I usually um, color these little squares. Uh, I will have day one will be blue, dark blue. Day two will be light blue. Day three will be green. Day four will be yellow. Day five will be orange. Day six will be red. Day 
seven will be purple and then I'll start all over again through the colors. So I add this rainbow element to it, which is at the end of the, 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 the you know, the tracker for that period of maybe say 20, 25 days, you have this beautiful creation. It almost looks like a piece of art, but it's also surprisingly motivating because that day you want to be able to color as many boxes as possible. So your mind will go through all your tasks and say, oh, okay, I have 10 minutes now. What can I do for my, my list that to, to get as many points or as, a, as many coloring squares as possible that day? It's surprisingly motivating, honestly. I never thought that would, uh, that would en encourage me to do all these things, but it does. So that's a little bit the book in a nutshell. There is more to it. There's a Q&A at the end as well. Uh, the very first question is, do I need to be artistic to do a bullet journal? And the answer is absolutely not. It's for everyone. Um, I would love for you to come and share a picture of your bullet journal if you have one or if you start one after you listen to this episode. Come and join us in our community on Facebook um, called the, the Intuitive Revolution for Brilliant Entrepreneurs. And um, I will definitely share a link to this mini video that I find so inspiring that shows you the potential of your bullet journal, which comes between the pages of just a very simple notebook. However, make sure you write an, um, you buy a notebook that can, um, that's not too big, not too small, and that can stand quite a lot of battering because hopefully you'll take it everywhere with you and it's going to be something that you use um, to the full. Not like, I mean, I used to start journals that I'd never finished. I would only last a couple of pages or, um, you know, maybe maximum 10, 15 pages. With my bullet journals, I just use every single page of it. Right, so that's it for today. I um, thank you for all of you who listened to the end of this episode and I will see you again next week. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Business Intuition Podcast. If you like this episode, make sure you subscribe, give us a rating, and if you haven't done it yet, write a review so that more listeners can enjoy this podcast. Don't forget to join my free group on Facebook, Business Intuition for Female Entrepreneurs. And go on to my website to download my free workbook, on the four steps to trust your intuition in business. My website is theintuitionrevolution.co.uk.